0: My name is August McLaughlin, and I've been contemplating girl boners for years. It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted, and she loves to talk sex. Welcome, everyone. August McLaughlin here, and I'm so pleased to have Von DiCarlo in the studio with me today for an extra special bonus episode. Vaughn Carlo is a stand-up comedian, radio and TV personality, actress, and author. She grew her fan base with a sketch comedy web series and blog called Trash Talk with Vaughn Carlo, in which she tackled pop culture, sports, and relationships in a fun yet informative way. From the popularity of the show and her growing social media following, fans began to call her Coach Vaughn. She's the first woman to host her own show on Sirius XM NBA radio called, appropriately, Coach Vaughn's Corner, a weekly show where comedy meets sports, covering everything on and off the court in the NBA. And she has an amazing podcast and a very cool live experience coming up that we're going to hear about in just a bit. Thank you for joining me, Yvonne. How are you?
1: I'm great. I feel so special. That was such an awesome intro. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, you have an awesome body of work, and I'm really curious about your personal journey Mm Mm-hmm. What did you learn about sex and sexuality when you were a kid?
1: Oh, geez. We'll just jump right into sex. Let's, let's go for it. <laughs> I thought you meant my journey in comedy. Okay.
0: <laughs> journey in <laughs>
1: sex led me to comedy. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Um, ju- you know what? I grew up. In small town USA, Clareton, Pennsylvania, which is about 30 miles south, I believe. I'm not the best in geography, but um, about 30 miles south from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Black and yellow, go Steelers. I must say that by law. Um, even though I'm a Knicks fan, <laughs> let's go Knicks. Um, but I grew up in a small town, so I, I don't know what I learned about sex. We just kind of did it. What it
0: Did anyone talk to, to you? Like, it, Did I you guess. have questions? Do you have sex ed class? That awkward... We had
1: sex ed class, which it was just... It was more about the anatomy like body parts and stuff. And we would just giggle at the little d- diagrams of the sex parts. <laughs> I really don't remember it being yeah. like very, as much as like porn is inf- <laughs> very informative sexually. It wasn't that it was more like use condoms, you know, cause you know, back then, especially when HIV and AIDS first hit like an 85 or whatever, not to date myself, but you know, in the eighties and nineties, it was like, uh, I don't know. It, It was a lot of I don't know, but I had an older sister and again, small town USA. So we, you know, high and go get it was just like normal. (laughs) Go get it. High and go get it. That was the advice. Mm -hmm. Go get it. If you got caught, you got kissed, you know, that and that's what it was. And my sister is 18 months older than me, which is just shy of two years. So I feel like I was doing things two years early if that makes any sense. So when I was 13, I was doing 15-year-old stuff. When I was 15, I was doing 17-year-old stuff. <laughs> and it wasn't until my sister and all of my group of friends and cousins and everybody who were all that 2 years older than me when they graduated high school, that's when I was like, "Oh, I don't I don't have any friends and I don't know how to make any."
0: Yeah, wow. I was like,
1: "Oh." So what Shocked. did you
0: do? You had this epiphany.
1: I realized that I was um an introverted extrovert an ambivert <laughs> I'm all of the verts and you know I, I grew up the pretty girl you know you know and of course in comedy pretty can't be funny but I think I, I learned early in life self-deprecating comedy and you know get people because I have an intimidating presence people say when to this day when I walk into a room it's like a very intimidating presence or whatever blah blah, blah. and um I just learned to make people laugh. Mm. You know, make people laugh to like you kind of thing.
0: Yeah. And did that work in the romance realm as well?
1: Um, I don't know. I, I like to make my significant other laugh, yes, but I prefer that he makes me laugh. <laughs> Let's it's, make each other laugh, but, you, you know, laugh my panties right off of me if you... <laughs> If you are not, you know, humorous or funny in some kind of way, I probably be like, this is going to be too much work for me. And my job is to make people laugh. I am a comedian, so I'm not going to work at home, too. Like, it it just has to be fun. Yeah. (laughs)
0: So that naturally led then into comedy as a career. When did that occur to you?
1: Well, again, early when I was in small town, USA, little girl growing up. I remember when I first saw Whoopi Goldberg do her one woman show, which is the it's the cousin of stand up. I don't you know, I like label, especially these days. I like labeling things what they are Um, It's a one woman show. And I thought when I moved to New York. I was going to be Whoopi Goldberg with a splash of Diana Ross. You know, (laughs) I was going to do it all. You know, I was going to do comedy, TV, film, everything under the sun. And when I was little and I watched her show, I used to, I I memorized all the characters from her one woman show. Fontaine was my favorite. Wow. And I would perform it in front of my, you know, family and stuff. So I guess that was the little comedian in me. Early on. And of course, like a lot of comics um, in my age range, we used to sneak and have to listen to our parents listening to Richard Pryor, you know, in the the living room, you know, you hide behind the couch and giggle. It's like, oh, I heard a curse word. (laughs) Yeah, so... I moved to New York with that intention to do comedy and everything under the sun like whoopee. Um I learned that I am not necessary. I have a lot of different skills, uh, but it's not good. It's good to have a foundation so you don't end up a jack of all trades, master of none. And I think that's what happened to me early on. I was kind of everywhere. Um, I don't think I'm a unicorn like the Wayne Brady's of the world that can like excel at level. 100,000 in every lane, sing, dance, theater, Broadway, blah, blah. Like, I'm okay in every area, but I think I'm really good as a stand-up.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. That is good to know. And then you also have outlets for creativity that don't have the pressure of being your job, which I think is nice.
1: Say that again? Let me... To have creative outlets that mm-hmm. aren't your job. Like, what do you mean?
0: So, for example... I love writing and doing my show, and I do some music, but it's just for me.
1: Right. Okay. I see what you mean. Yes. And there was a point where I didn't know that I wasn't going to be John Mayer when I was teaching myself guitar via YouTube. Right. I didn't know that, you know, I I literally have to split my brain into two different places in order to learn something. Like when I was teaching myself guitar, when I would practice and strumming and the chords and stuff, I would watch Knicks games just so that I wasn't fully paying attention to the pain in my fingers and all that stuff and just to distribute my energy in different areas of my create, creative brain. And I knew I wasn't going to be I, like I sing decently. I could carry a note as they say where I'm from. She could carry a note. Um, I used to do musical improv for years and, and I did a Donna Summers cabaret where I learned 14 of her songs. Did you do that (laughs) one
0: Enough is Enough?
1: Yes. I did my favorite one because when I was doing the cabaret I learned that she had more songs than just the hits that we knew and there was this song A Man Like You which became one of my favorites and it's like a little gem I was just I just did a comedy show uh, Don't Tell Mama in New York City is usually just cabaret but they started they're doing stand-up comedy on Fridays now and they booked me on their shows and the first time I did it I posted on Instagram um, I was like the last time I've been on the stage was when I did the Donna Summers cabaret and you know A Man Like You and I sang a little bit of it and I was like and I was a little off pitch. I was like, and this is why I know I would never be a great singer or musician because yeah. I just don't. I don't want to practice it. I don't want to vocalize. I don't want to save my voice. I don't want to strum. Like I, I just want to do it when I do it. Whereas with stand up, I could talk about it, think about it. I, I, I wrote three jokes in a car on the way here, with this lie of a 20-minute ride that took me an hour. <laughs> Thank you, L.A. Um, sorry. So you know what I mean? It, like <laughs> yeah. it's something that the comedy is something that I am all day, all night. Mm. It's not something that I just do. It's your identity. And that's what I actually taught my daughter. I said, you know, the cliche thing, if you do what you love, you'll never have to work a day in your life thing. Um, To take that cliche a little bit further, it's like... I always tell my daughter, "Sorry, my brain went into 30 different directions." The way I the way I explained that cliché thing to my daughter is what I learned about myself. Anything that you love to do that no one has to force you to do that is who you are. You you don't have to practice comedy. It's what I do. LeBron James doesn't have to practice basketball. It is what he does. You know, so there is no practicing. It's just it it is what I am all day, all night. I don't no one has to force me to write jokes or do comedy or get on stage. It is something that if I don't do, I don't feel well.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel that as as a writer I feel that. I think it's really beautiful. It's a way to really thrive, and I think that's how we fulfill our purpose. And mm-hmm. all of us have the capacity. I think.
1: Absolutely, you you are given gifts from God, or whatever you may believe. You know, we're all different. We all have our own um, way of living and believing and having faith and hope and all of those things. And there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, God um, speaks to me through what my abilities are to speak to others so in in getting back to who i well i i grew up in a projects i grew up rough i grew up you know with a lot of i get a lot of horrific stories you know what i mean so we always found a way to laugh like my mother used to read out of a joke book to us you know and I remember we used to before there were food stamps like I stood in line when there was actual a line where the food bank would give poor people a box of food with cheese and bread and this is supposed to be enough food to hold your whole family of four until the end of the month or a family of six whatever you were And she used to read to us out of joke books and like anytime I felt sad or like I always knew it was something more. I never knew why so many bad things happened to me like in the first half of my life. I still think about that to this day. And I say, well, if God thinks I'm a superhero, then who am I to argue with him? I guess I'm supposed to be here to inspire people through laughter too. Because my comedy isn't like knock knock who's their jokes out of a joke book. Like my mom's little hacky book that she loved. uh, Which is those are great but my comedy comes from my real experience and i think that and i, I will not think i've been told you know that i've i give people courage to be themselves and Mm. live their true selves and their truth that's
0: beautiful that's beautiful i know you have a strong reputation for telling the truth like living through (laughs) (laughs) you're laughing
1: probably to a fault right but that it's it's kind of a superpower you know i always say i i'm always around comics i'm i'm terrified of civilians because i never know i'm like am i saying this right like are you okay and i'm like "What, what did i just say did i say did i say something wrong Was that too aggressive i'm sorry oops i don't know i think you're great so i have a little
0: game for us to play a a round of never have I ever with a sex and dating twist Mm -hmm. so if there's any that you don't want to answer just pass or make something up okay so the first one have you ever looked up an ex on social media
1: um I uh, hmm, have I looked up an ex on se- social media? Yes. Of course. Why did I take so long to answer that question? I was gonna say I, I thought that I was I like looked a looked up an ex forty Most minutes ago. Have. No. <laughs> no, okay. No, have not I done forty today minutes ago. Yet? I'm, te- I'm teasing. <laughs> I only stalk who I'm I'm with. If I'm currently dating you, yes, I <laughs> know everything you do on social media. I have yeah. alerts. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny. What about
0: taking yourself on a date?
1: I actually have a a bit that I do in my stand-up about, you know, being single and all the different things I tried. And then I got to a point where I was like, F it, I'll just take myself out on a date. What did you do? And I did. Um, I took myself out on a very nice dinner. I went to one of the fancy theaters where they serve you at at your seat. I bought myself a flower. I did everything that I would want a man to do for me. Um, And it was when Black Panther was out and all I thought about sex was the whole (laughs) film, even though there's no sex (laughs) scenes. But, you know, I guess because I was by myself. They were happening in your own mind. Oh, my God. And then, you know, Killmonger, of course, Michael B. Jordan, one of the biggest stars of the film and and Creed. I I was just like, oh, hi. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: so funny. What about Gone Commando in public, which I guess just means no underwear?
1: Yes. Um especially when i was younger but i think as you get older you should always hold all that stuff in i <laughs> i'm sorry i'm a woman of a certain age that do not it, look if you are over 35 Dribble do happens. not go commando <laughs> and stop saying you could uh squirt that's that's you you have to go to the bathroom <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh. Do people say that? I I have just, because when I think squirt, I think, you know, porn squirting.
1: That's what I meant. Like, yeah. people are like, I can squirt. I don't believe that that is. I think oh, that it's you totally just have thing. to go to the bathroom. Do Get you out really? of here. Yes, I don't believe in it. Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> I may have to. Uh, I have an episode I, I discuss squirting with, with a porn star and talking about how, because there's urine in it.
1: it. Of course it is. And, it,
0: but there's also urine in, in, in male ejaculate too oh, I was it yeah so oh. like if you stimulate We're a certain gross. part of the body <laughs> near the g- <laughs> <laughs> the, toward the g spot yeah squirting happens but it's not this mount vesuvius thing that happens in porn which i think is what we imagine right oh like my this big God. gushing yeah, i'm and- like that
1: is the niagara falls urine exactly. but i i think that that is why um for me sex is very intimate and just like you said there's urine in in ejaculate in a man's calm and all i'm like I don't. I don't like doing stuff with strangers. Like, there's this thing now where people are like, "Oh, I'm just gonna have sex, and as long as I, then, then, I don't care, and I'm free." And I'm like, "Ooh, not your thing." Yucky. Which is totally. Uh-uh. I think
0: it's so great to just live by your own value system in that way.
1: And I'm. I you develop your value system from how you're raised. And also we all have our moments where we're wild and part of your value system comes from experience. So I'm a woman of long-term relationships and in between mess, like in between relationships always get really messy. And then I got to a point, um, this last time when I was single for a while and I was like lonely and, you know, (laughs) You know, I, I didn't say no to a dick or a donut. Can I say that? Absolutely. <laughs> this is girl you know, wonder. I was addicted to the D and the D, and I was like, all this sweet, delicious um, sugar has Deez. to go. <laughs> and then I realized, like, I don't, I would have sex with someone, but I would not let them make me come because I felt like it was too intimate. And my sister and my friend, they were like, that is, why are you even having sex? And I was like, bingo. I don't need to have sex until I'm in a relationship where I want to be that close and that intimate with someone. And now that I know that there's urine in his.
0: (laughs) I've ruined it for you forever, haven't I? It's all natural, bodily Uh, fluids.
1: We got to be as one.
0: (laughs) Okay. Have you ever left? I have done this. Have you ever left a date in the middle of it?
1: No, I haven't. Um, I... I'm a person that appreciates closure. I may be a little anal about it. Well, not not anal, booty anal, but anal, like, retentive is not the right phrase. Yeah, it is. Totally. (laughs) I got to watch myself when I'm talking sex. But um, I love love and need closure. Like, the whole ghosting thing I think is disgusting. Mm. I don't, I'm not in line with that. You're a person. I'm a person. It may not work out. Even if you were a jerk. For me personally and my own value system, I'm going to close it out. And would you do
0: it in any, like, do you feel like you need to have in-person closure, or is it case no, by it case? No, it doesn't necessarily At least there's a message, like you could text yeah. someone.
1: I'm fine with texting closure and, and over the phone, FaceTime, I'm, whatever it is, as long as I give you some type of respectful closure. I don't, I'm not so tedious to where it's like, oh, that was rude, it should have been in person. Why? You need a hug? I was just saying goodbye, you know? Now, I did have one situation, though, where um, the guy went and listened to my... I I'm not interested to the point where I had to start ignoring him. Mm-hmm. Um but unless you do that, I'll I'll give you some respect and and say, "All right, this isn't working."
0: I think that's really respectful.
1: But pay the check. I'm not paying the check. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's where you draw the line. <laughs> Have you ever broken the law on a date? Broken the law on a date? I had to think about this one. You know, what? one of my first <gasps> dates with somebody, he took me up to the Hollywood sign to touch it. Mm-hmm. I touched the big O.
1: Is that illegal? It is. I was just talking to my daughter about it because she was like, I have i can't figure out how to get to the Hollywood sign. I, and I said, I don't think you're supposed to. I think it might be illegal.
0: It is illegal. There were alarms going out. There were like beeping sounds. And he actually had someone with bail money just in case. <gasps> we didn't get in trouble. But and I, I don't know if they've made it Harder or easier since. I'm not sure. I just know at that time, and this was maybe 15 years ago, oh, it, was, wow. it was totally legal.
1: The, you know what I get out of that? That's a really prepared man. <laughs> he was prepared already. Right. He was
0: prepared Strategic to bail you and out prepared. of jail. That's, That's true. awesome. You know, that is that is true. I'll give him that.
1: Hmm. I I don't think so. I, but, mm, that was that's a question I wish I would have got ahead of time cuz I really would probably have <laughs> to think about up. that. Okay. I'm pretty sure I have cuz I'm from the hood. I'm pretty sure I okay. was in a date with a drug dealer. I had something in a car back in the day. Well, maybe next time. <laughs> maybe next time I'll be I'll be prepared for that one.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll go deep on that one. Uh never have I ever had period sex.
1: Oh, absolutely. What's wrong with you, girl? Mm-mm. Now, I don't mind period sex. I don't mind a guy that does mind it. Um, but again, I've been in long-term relationships. I'm a relationship girl. So after a while, it's just like, your body's my body. Now, I'm not a big fan of the first couple of days because that's like Heavy. crime scene messy. Yep, But I'm fine if we put down a towel too. It just really depends on the mood. And I'm, I'm definitely not doing that with a stranger. That's a relationship. Act. And it does I have seem intimate. Actually, yeah. I've actually gotten compliments. Like there's on your like, period. Sex? Yeah, like there's no smell. Like isn't period sex like? Uh, period, your period is supposed to smell bad, and they're and like, and they liked
0: the aroma. Wow. So you smeared. have very delicious I have very, smelling. <laughs>
1: um, I have an amazing vagina, even on my period.
0: <laughs> That's pretty beautiful. Natural lube, natural mm-hmm. wonderful aroma. You know, yeah. you just can't go wrong as long as you have the towel, or if you're like in the shower. For sure.
1: Oh yeah, shower doesn't even count. <laughs> like that never counts. It just goes right down yeah. the drain anyway.
0: <laughs> Have you ever had a wet dream?
1: Um I've had dreams of sex, yes. Did you wake, Did up, wake up with up? some
0: wetness or swelling or in the middle I've woken up in the middle of an orgasm? Hmm.
1: You know what? I think I have, but it was probably just my fault because I probably fell asleep masturbating and and, <laughs> and just didn't finish. And it's, it I don't know if that counts as a dream. Or you can't like direct your own movie in your dream. That's kind of really cheating. Sure. Yeah, maybe.
0: I still like it though. I, I'm giving you points for that. Have you ever thrown up on a date?
1: Oh no. No. I mean, I've, I've thrown up because I was sick, like, in relationship stuff. And there's someone but, around. But, like, yeah. a new person, we're dating, no. And I, I'm not, I don't drink, so, I like, that, that sounds like a, I a got wasted thing. and threw up thing. Totally. So no.
0: totally. Have you ever used um, two sex toys at once? Uh, yes. They can go well together. Because, like, if you use, for example, a, a cock ring and also, you know, if, if you're having partner sex and
1: maybe you're using a Vibe right i think it was like a, a anal like plug th- plug bead something and then like a vibrator in the front which i've done a lot of the the toy stuff again long-term relationships you start exploring stuff um but in that exploration i realized i you know what i'm good with just the penis i don't i don't really like i don't like all that stuff yeah i'm so basic
0: <laughs> there's not. i think that's great i mean it's it's wonderful to use toys. It's also wonderful. I've heard people say things like they don't think that they are sexually cool enough because they like the quote unquote vanilla sex. And I'm like, that's beautiful. If you get yeah, so much pleasure just, around
1: missionary just accept orgasms. it, it yeah. sounds good to me. I think it's, it might be kind of boring for a future partner because it's like. Oh, I've learned all this stuff about me and I basically like missionary, you know, so you still have to be open to explore with a new partner so that it's not like, so I am very open. I know what I absolutely don't like and don't want, but I'm also still open like, hey, I've never done this with this person. So let's explore a little bit. But I know at the end of the session, just put me on my back because that's where it's going to (laughs) happen. You know,
0: knowing yourself is a
1: beautiful
0: thing. Absolutely. So tell us about this exciting new live
1: podcast. So Coach Vaughn's Corner on Sirius XM, like you said earlier in my intro, was first woman to have her own show on the NBA channel on Sirius Sirius, um, XM. And it was short-lived and there was a lot of censorship. And I don't want to get into all the dirty little details, but at the end of the day, um, I wanted to expand the conversation outside of just basketball. I can speak very intelligently about basketball, I love basketball, but you know, as I argue the point all the time, they are not just shut up and dribble, as no artist is. I, I look at basketball players as artists like myself. And, you know, there are a lot of them with a lot of different talents and a lot of different points of view. And so I'm, I'm, I am I'm opened the Patreon page and I'm going to launch Coach Vaughn's podcast, which already exists, but I'm going to do a special monthly comedy show where my podcast will stream live. Um, and it's called Let's Talk about it live. That's the segment. And basically the comics on the show with a special guest. And, and I'm trying to make those special guests athletes for the most part. But anyone, because again, I'm expanding the conversation just past basketball. Um, so people of the entertainment world. So the comedians that are on the show are going to stay for the live stream of Coach Vaughn podcast. And then I'm going to grow the show from there and do it Uncensored uncensored and mm-hmm. it's not just sports talk. You know, we can talk sports of course, but just like my podcast, people who already listen to Coach Vaughn podcast, they know that I use sports to anchor into real life conversations about love, basketball, comedy, politics, pop culture, current events, you name it. You know, every conversation ex- is expanded from each Level of the conversation, and I don't think that it should be so narrow. And unfortunately, that's the idea, you know, that I sold. You know, that the it's on and off the court talk. But you know, once it was on air, everyone's a little nervous. I'm I'm kind of proud of myself as a comedian that it didn't last long because they're really, you know, I feel like they were really afraid of me as a woman and me as a comic and the comedians because the 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 guests on the show were fellow comics. My first guest on my launch was Bill Burr and Donnell Rollins. We had a great conversation, you know, but I think everyone gets nervous when comedians are in front of a microphone and every show is like, okay, what are you going to talk about? What are you going to say? What what if they say this? What are you going to say? And like literally, just constantly on my back to keep things very narrow and not as expanded as I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Um but I was very appreciative and grateful for the opportunity and I, I I feel like they gave it a shot. Um but I don't know that they were really ready for such a woman as as myself.
0: Yeah. You have such a sense of self confidence and self-respect. I really mm-hmm. feel that in, in your work and the way that you speak very strongly and and with fervor. What have you learned about self-love and self-respect in your journey?
1: Oh, my God. That's so we could talk about that for the next hour, you know, from so many different places of my experience. But I feel like whatever love you want, give it to yourself and give it outwardly and generously don't look to of course reciprocation is great i mean it's so underrated because it's so seldom given you know there's a lot of takers in the world but you can't stop giving and you have to learn to protect yourself and and be more careful of where you're giving and where you're sharing your love and energy but give freely receive freely and 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 don't be afraid. Like, I I speak from that place so easily because I live it and I fight for that hope and that face faith on a daily basis I don't have it all together and that's why I can speak on it so freely and openly because I know every single day I wake up I'm fighting with myself in my own mind I'm fighting with the person that I'm interested in in dating in in, in whatever fear is always right in front of you it's always right there and there's no way Through it, but through it, you have to like really walk right through whatever fears they are, whether it's love, it's career, whatever it is, but always give it to yourself and be willing to give it out.
0: I love that message, Um, especially what you said about fear being a natural part of the process. Oh, my God. Because often it's a sign that you're on the right path to Mm -hmm. know that if you didn't care, you wouldn't have butterflies about something. Exactly. Yeah, it's guidance.
1: And you know what? What's so funny is it's always way more dramatic in our heads than what it is in real life. And we do it over and over again. But it for some reason that movie, that that horror film in your head that you're starring in and all these villains that you have around you, it never usually works out that way. It's usually okay. But for some reason our our spirits, our souls, um, like you said, because you when you care so much, you just you're in some ways, protecting yourself, but you're also blocking your blessings. So you want to try to not do that. And it's it's like a lot of people like in stand up, people get like that's the one place I just call back to what I said earlier. Another reason I knew that that's my calling is because it's the one thing that I do and I never get nervous a lot of people do like before they get do stand up, they get super nervous and they like beat themselves up and all of these things in their head. And then when they get on stage, you, you realize it's OK. You've done this a 100 times. It's been OK a 100 times, even when you bombed. So relax for me what where i get nervous i get nervous before i sing i get nervous before i play guitar i get nervous even sometimes with acting except like commercial acting is very easy to me because it's, it's improv like i have a couple of national commercials right now one with gnc and everyone's like you're that girl from the gnc commercial. Oh, awesome. it's That's so great. cool and um uh, carnival cruise line disney i have a few commercials and i feel like the commercial acting is a lot easier for me than dramatic acting. So you hand me a script and I have the ability to do it. I've been trained, but I still get nervous because I, I, I don't know. It's just I'm, I'm reading the lines and I, I used to do work on soap opera. So I have that ingrained in my head, in the back of my mind, like you you must say every word. Because soap opera actors, um, writers, were very sensitive about each and every word meant something. So I have that in me. So it's all these little things that make me nervous. Um, But then you do it, and it's okay. And you're okay. You
0: make it through. Every single
1: time. Yeah, I love that.
0: What you said about it getting so... We catastrophize. Oh, my God. We turn it into... And the longer you let that fester in your head, it gets worse and worse and worse. Yes. And And then the relief is like you did it. Whether it was great or bad or whatever released from it and, <laughs> and you learn you're
1: not yeah. um the 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 gift and the joy is in the process. Mm-hmm. If you truly love what you're doing, like, it's fun to go, oh, I, thank God I got that bomb out of the way mm-hmm. because now I know how to deliver this right and then I'm not going to bomb this again. I'm going to bomb the next thing again, but you know, I have a hashtag that I use on my Twitter or Instagram, um, hashtag stay in the light, because everyone, it's like the that little light at the end of the tunnel. If you go in the opposite direction, like, you could go darker, you could Go to the light, right? The further away it gets, it's dim. But if you keep going towards it, it gets brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. But you have the choice to go either way, and you could take that. I say it very generally like that for people's ears, but it's it's really a spiritual thing, like you if you look at energy dark energy pe- demons devils whatever you want to label them as and then the light jesus happy easter everyone you know uh, god what, whatever labels you have there's bright energy there's dark energy it's not necessarily a black white thing but like when you think in terms of energy it's like a heavy darkness that's over you versus a light spirit over you go towards that
0: mm, that's a brilliant message and it's something you can do
1: every day. It's something that you have to do every day Mm. because the voices in your head, those negative voices are always the loudest. I don't know why. I don't have all the answers. My name ain't Sway. I don't know. I have no answers. I just know that these are the things that I work at and practice for myself every day. It's what I taught my daughter. It's what I'll like randomly put out on, on my social media. Like if I have a random thought, I'll just throw it out there, you know. So... I'm, I want to give out if I if I think something is useful, I'm throwing it out there right away.
0: I can tell that people are going to get a whole lot out of your. Your live podcast I extras. So. I think that's really a, a perfect thing for you as somebody who speaks so candidly and freely and, and really thrives on that th- freedom. Would you share where people can learn more about you and, and find all of these exciting things?
1: Absolutely. Um, Coach Vaughn, V-O-N dot com. Uh, you'll see a link to go support the Patreon page and you'll get exclusive content on that page. Um, and you'll see links to my social media, Instagram. Please do follow and all of that. You know, numbers count these days um uh the patreon also has tier levels where you could get my book speak fluent man you could get that for free there's one-on-ones where if you have a question and you know like private time with me you know there's all different tier levels and then there's the basic basic fan level where I just want to support and get the streaming content you know the uncensored content and everything so coachvon.com and you could get links to everything you could read more about me my book my journey whatever my podcast all of that is there
0: beautiful thank you so much for being here you're awesome thanks for having me you're fun and if you're enjoying Girl Boner (laughs) Radio please do subscribe and hit that rating button and leave us a review I will be back with more Girl Boner fun soon